Welcome to episode number 46 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast, Sustainable Slow Fashion with Lindsay Biondo of Violet Revolt. Going back to kind of the origin of how did we dye clothes in the beginning can actually lead to a more simpler life when you find that if you have a lot of clothes that are dyed naturally, they'll just strangely all work together well and you can have a smaller wardrobe. So a lot of different benefits. So that was Lindsay who's joining me from Detroit, Michigan today to talk about her brand new slow sustainable fashion line called Violet Revolt. Everything in Violet Revolt is made on organic plant-based fabric that is naturally dyed. So that means it's being dyed with things from the earth such as fruits and vegetables and plants. She hand sews every piece, so every piece that comes out of her shop is completely unique and made for the person who buys it. So Lindsay is a young fashion designer who is creating a product where she's really holding true to her values of doing something good for the earth and for animals and for people. And I was just so excited to bring her on and interested to talk to her because having gone through that process myself now over five years ago, trying to balance all of these different inputs of being good for the earth and being good for people and being good for animals was difficult. And I was really curious to hear how the fashion industry has changed as sustainability, you know, kind of skyrockets to the forefront of, I think, what most designers are talking about. So I was really curious to hear what the process for getting started looked like for her. Uh, If you join us on Clubhouse for our conversations, this is the same Lindsay who joins us on Clubhouse, so you will already know her, and I think that'll be fun just to hear her backstory. If you are at all interested in joining us on Clubhouse and you're not already, come find me. Um, I now have a club. It's called Four Animals for Earth, or you can find me at Brandy H. Montague. I'd love to have you join in the conversations that we have over there. They're really fun and intriguing, and we really kind of push our boundaries of thinking about different ways of living a more conscious life. Uh, Two quick announcements before we dive into today's interview. It is June, so here we are. We are in June. That means it's time for a new charity of the month. This month, we are highlighting Fox Run Environmental Education Center. You all may remember Amy from episodes 16 and 17. She came on and she helped us learn a lot about what to do with Uh, wildlife when we have an interaction with them, whether it be in our backyard or out on a hike or how however we end up interacting with them, she helped us understand better ways to help them in uh, kind of emergency situations. So you will really enjoy those episodes if you want to go back and listen to them. And this month, by being our charity of the month, we're just asking that we all come together and show her some love and support her. You can find her on Facebook at Fox Run Environmental Education Center, or you can find her on Pinterest at Fox Run Envi Ron May. So Fox Run, E-N-V-I-R-O-N, 
M-E is where you can find her on Pinterest. The second quick announcement, if you haven't heard already, I am speaking next week at the Plant Power Virtual Summit put on by Love the Green Life Nonprofit. I'm giving a talk called How to Make a Difference Without Spending a Lot of Time, and the summit is free. So I want you all to go join and sign up for free and um, be a part of my workshop, but also listen to all of the great conversations that are going to be happening happening around all different areas of conscious living. So you can do that at lovethegreenlife.org slash summit. If you feel like things are moving super fast these days and you're having a hard time keeping up with everything that I'm doing and everything we're doing at For Animals for Earth, uh, you're not alone. I think I am as well. We have a lot of fun, exciting stuff happening. So if you're not on our email list, I invite you to come join us just to help keep up on everything that's going on. You can join at foranimalsforearth.com slash email list. All right, we are about to dive into my interview with Lindsay for the show notes with links to everything that Lindsay talks about and um, video from our interview. Go to foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 46. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. So, yeah, to your point, I think that. Um I definitely do have an interesting aesthetic. Uh, I think I always was interested in sort of like different looking clothing growing up. I think the biggest thing is that the pieces that I make, I really like to focus on the details. So I guess for me, I love to accessorize and kind of have like, you know, interesting components that are unique and you can't really find everywhere else. So I think like that's really the biggest thing for me is that I wanted to create, you know, wearable art, something that you can't find anywhere. And that really, you know, demonstrates craftsmanship and quality and, you know, something that you can cherish and hopefully hold on to for a really long time. Yeah, I love that. And (laughs) actually, for anyone who is listening, if you want to go see the clothing for yourself, I think that's probably the easiest way to (laughs) to see what we're talking about. So you can find it at the Violet Revolt on Instagram or Facebook. Um, As you talk about these details, I know one of the things that you and I have talked about is that you're looking to use as many sustainable kind of details and uh, accessories to the clothing as you can. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of it you're making actually from the fabric. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So that was actually kind of one of the biggest things for me is that, um, you know, while the clothing that I create is, I would say like very unique and different, I also wanted to make the input process as simple as possible so that A, you know, I wasn't garnering a lot of different Um, ingredients from places all across the world and increasing my carbon footprint, trying to kind of um, streamline what I was making and make it as simple to make as possible was really key. Um, So all of the fabrics that are used um, are organic plant fabrics. So um, fabrics that are made from natural materials. So nothing synthetic, nothing poly-based. And 
you know, while there's some things that are still being worked on in the fashion world in terms of what can actually be a, you know, um, purely plant-based notion as they're called. So that's things like thread or buttons or things like that. Um, that's a, a really big area of growth in the fashion industry. So those things are kind of hard to come by in terms of them being purely plant-based. So I try to find um, as much, you know, recycled uh, thread as I can, recycled notions in, from that respect. Um, however, the fabrics that I do make my clothing from are all organic, all plant-based and all naturally, naturally dyed as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely recognize the the thread area and um, potentially elastic as well as areas that I need to grow in and find better alternatives. But those are definitely areas that the market is moving towards and hopefully we'll have a better option soon. But um, for now, I think the real focus for me has been on the fabric piece of it. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool because <laughs> um, having plant-based clothing, I think is, it sounds still pretty unique to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know that the the fashion industry is moving towards a much more um, natural, much more sustainable kind of uh, way of being, but I love the idea of plant-based and I love that a lot of what you do in the design of the things that you're making, you're actually able to do with the fabric. I think that's right. really, really cool. Um, mm -hmm. As you talk about fabric, I wonder if you'll you'll talk a little bit about like what is a natural fabric. So for mm -hmm. people who are listening who haven't really dug into yet, like what does all this fabric stuff mean? I know mm -hmm. you've done a ton of research <laughs> on it. And yeah. I wonder if you'll share in your minds like what is a good natural fabric to be using and then what are you using for your clothes? Definitely. Yeah. And that was honestly, you know, this brand has been a long time in the making and kind of defining that um, as well was a really big piece of, you know, the length of time that it took. But definitely. So um, plant plant fabrics can come from a variety of different sources, but inherently they're fabrics that are created from natural materials. So they're not using any type of um, uh, synthetic, you know, inputs to create the material, um, because there are some fabrics out there that are kind of a blend of organic plant material, and then also, you know, something that is potentially um, petroleum based. So natural fibers can be things like linen, um, hemp fabric, cotton, um, there's also even things like viscose and rayon. Um, however, you know, the sustainability kind of range for each of those definitely varies um, depending on where you get them from and, you know, if whether or not that material is organic. Um, so for me, I was really focused on, first of all, you know, finding the type of fabric that I really wanted to create my clothing from. I think like one of the challenges with plant-based fabric is that um, a lot of the times, especially as it relates to linen, which comes to comes from a uh, flax seed, it's very kind of heavy and and almost rough. Um, it kind of depends on you know the preference of the wearer. But I really enjoy soft clothing and very movable clothing. And so for me, finding that kind of you know perfect fit was a bit challenging. And so what I ended up going with, especially for this first collection that I'll be releasing, is uh, certified organic cotton. Um, and it's 100% cotton, but it's like a very movable um, cotton. Whereas, like I said, with linen, potentially, it's kind of more stiff. Um, it wrinkles very easily, like those types of things. Um, 
And then, you know, looking at things like hemp and um, viscose and rayon, hemp is actually a really, really sustainable material. And that's what initially I was looking at uh, making my clothes from. However, it's a very new thing in the industry. So there aren't a lot of good hemp suppliers out there. However, one really huge benefit is that with hemp, you don't need to use any pesticides. So inherently, most hemp should be organic already, which is awesome. Um, and then one of the other challenges with things like viscose and rayon, um, which can come from bamboo and other cellulose fibers, is, is that um, you know bamboo fabrics, while bamboo is a very, very easily renewable resource, it takes a lot of processing to actually turn the plant into fabric, which is why I've tried to steer away from that. You know, I, I admire brands that have utilized that as, you know, an alternative to things like uh, petroleum based fabrics. However, it's not exactly like the most sustainable option. So in short, there's a lot of different factors that contribute to, you know, what makes up a sustainable fabric. But in my instance, for my first collection, I'm using uh, GOTS certified organic cotton. So Awesome. Awesome. I know that, okay, so you're describing um, finding these fabrics. And I know from my own experience in trying to find sustainable fabrics that mm -hmm. that's not an easy process. You know, right. it's, it's, and I think you even alluded to the fact that this has been a long time in the making. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> can, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the story of it? So tell us the background of where the idea started and how you got to where you are now. And then tell us about your launch. Definitely. Yeah. So as I said earlier, uh, this has definitely been a long time in the making. So actually, it kind of started out back in my college days. So, you know, I had gotten gone to school and gotten a degree in marketing and was finishing up my senior year. And, you know, I was kind of feeling like I am not passionate about, you know, what I'm doing right now and was just kind of looking for additional kind of creative outlets that I could potentially kind of dive into. And so through Instagram, actually, I got somehow hooked into the handmade fashion and handcrafted, you know, um, jewelry, apparel, anything like that movement. And, you know, nestled within that is the organic plant-based and then also like natural dyeing movement. So I found all about, about all of that back in 2018. And I had never heard of that before. I didn't even know you could dye things naturally. I didn't know that you could, you know, find clothing that was made from hemp or bamboo. That was so no new even then. And so I took an interest in that and, um, you know, got out my grandma's sewing machine from the 70s that she gave me and started kind of playing around with, you know, um, some of these fabrics that I had ordered online. And again, you know, back in those days, people weren't necessarily certified organic. So, um, you know, there was a lot of different elements there, but took that fabric, started kind of dyeing it naturally, you know, took a natural dyeing in my college apartment and was dyeing it in my bathtub and my kitchen sink and all of that. So that's kind of where I got, you know, accustomed to um, this whole movement. And, you know, at the time I was very new and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that skill set. And so, you know, since then, I've really taken the time to look heavily and do a lot of digging into, you know, what did I want to do with this brand? And, um, you know, who did I really want to be sourcing my materials from and what really mattered? And, you know, what is the most sustainable way that I can make a clothing brand that's handmade? And so 
you know, in doing all of those things, I've kind of gotten to this place now where I've secured my supplier, which honestly was one of the most challenging things for sure. Um, you know, finding someone who, you know, understood what it means to be a small designer and not, you know, trying to order 500 meters of fabric for this micro collection that I wanted to make. And, you know, in conjunction with that, they had the specific fabric type that I was looking for. And also, you know, we're very keen on sustainability and they were certified and they weren't being ambiguous about where they got like the cotton plant from that they use in all of their fabrics. So that whole piece, you know, took about two years to finally find a supplier that I felt like I could trust. I definitely had experiences with suppliers where they would be very, you know, um, I guess call it shady with where they were growing their products and they wouldn't really, you know, give me the full details of the origin of anything. And so I decided to not go with those suppliers and really stick at it and try to do it right, as opposed to just doing it to get my product out there. And so, yeah, so now I'm at this place where I have my supplier. And, you know, um, now I'm just really working on trying to get my final pieces done. As you mentioned earlier, I make everything by hand. Um, so that's been, been a big piece of it. Um, and then also another component is that I've been working with a, um, or a, a social enterprise located in Kenya um, that essentially employs uh, women in northern Kenya to do beading for various suppliers. They um, do pieces, I believe they've done a piece for like Beyonce and like all these different things. And so I've been working very closely with them. Um, to create beading designs that I can then put onto my clothing. And so actually I just received the final pieces in the mail the other day, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm not at now is really crafting and finalizing the pieces. And um, hopefully we'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks, but really I've been trying to take my time and do it right. and put pieces out there that I'm proud of and hopefully other people will enjoy it too. <laughs> I, I love that you have taken your time. I think that that's probably um, not necessarily the norm and mm -hmm. especially for how hard it is. You know, I was thinking, right. um, I was thinking about how, how much has changed? I, as you were talking, I was remembering myself like walking around these huge like trade show floors and going from supplier to supplier and asking, you know, for the backstory, asking for transparency. And it was just like there, mm -hmm. it, it, there was just, there was it hit a point pretty quickly where they didn't even know the answers. You know, right. it wasn't, it was just, and, and I think that's just the way that the fashion industry has been. And Agreed. luckily it's changing. Um, but I do think probably being a, a young designer in the space, it's, it's, it really probably takes a strong, um, what's the word? values driven grounding, I guess, <laughs> to say, I'm not going to sacrifice on this. I'm just going to keep looking until I find somebody. And the good news is there are, there are somebody's out there, right? Mm -hmm. There are people, right. you just have to keep looking. And um, like you said, like the notions are the next piece, but that right. is changing too, right? So right. Um, 
yeah, I think it's really exciting that you've done that. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about natural dyeing because uh-huh. that's something that I am very interested in and haven't quite like taken the time to learn yet, but I would mm-hmm. love to take some of my older clothes mm-hmm. and dye them and make something new out of them. Same thing with Definitely. the kids' clothes, you know, like mm-hmm. as they get stains. There was um I cannot remember off the top of my head which episode. I want to say episode 19, but there were two women on here that have a kids costume line that Mm -hmm. is an eco-friendly kids costume line. And Katie Miles and Rachel Jones are their name. And they gave me this idea of throwing all of the kids clothes into a bucket every time they have a stain on them or they're sick of them or whatever. (laughs) And then Katie, like every couple of months, she'll take them and dye them all with the kids. And then they have like brand new clothing and they're all excited. And so since then, that was a while back. Um, since then I've been trying, like I've got it on my bucket list to do that. So anyway, that is a really long explanation for my question of how, tell me more about the natural dyeing. Like how does that actually work? Yeah, no, definitely. That's awesome. Um, I think that's a great idea to, to dye kids clothing that has stains in them. I love that. going to make a note of that. Um, but yeah, so natural dyeing, um, it can come in a lot of different forms. So I guess traditionally clothing is dyed with um, synthetic colors that are produced in a lab, um, utilize tons and tons of water as the clothes, as the fabric and the fiber is, is um, infusing with these um, you know, synthetic colors. And um, within that is a lot of chemicals as well. So um, naturally you can imagine that Um, you have these synthetic fibers, you have these synthetic colors, and they're fusing together. um, And a lot of that water that is being used to process those um, fabrics is then being run off into our ocean. So there's a lot of like chemical reasons why synthetic dyeing is very detrimental, not to mention like the water usage that comes along with that. But then looking at natural dyeing. So really, you know, this is how we used to dye as a species, like before the invent of synthetic dyes and you know synthetic materials we used to use you know colors that come straight from the earth so if you think about indigo we know that's like a really you know deep turquoise that is used to dye uh, uh, jeans a lot um, and then there's you know other things that you can even use you know in your backyard in your kitchen to dye your clothes so um, a really good example is that you know avocados this huge big craze of everybody loving avocados well, the avocado skin can actually be used, you know, as a scrap to dye clothing, and it creates a really nice muted, you know, rosy pink color. So it's like also thinking about the, you know, no waste aspect of, you know, the you could either use the avocado skins to dye your clothing, or you could just throw them away, but why not make another use of them. So that's kind of the approach that I'm trying to take. Um, Actually, for my first collection, Um, Initially, I was looking at having my natural dyeing um, outsourced so the the fabrics that I do have were naturally dyed by my supplier in India, which is where really a lot of the natural dyeing movement originated. However, for future collections, I'm actually looking at bringing that in-house and kind of bringing back the creativity and the fun aspect that I originally fell in love with uh, making and dyeing clothing. So that's kind of what's in the pipeline. But Um, Yeah, you can really take a lot of different things. You can go foraging in your backyard, in the woods near your house and 
find plants that can make colors that you would have never thought of. I think one of the coolest things about um, dyeing naturally is that, you know, <clears throat> while the colors may not be as dark as your synthetically dyed clothing, you'll find in a strange way that colors that are natural or pieces that are naturally dyed somehow mesh together and fit together well in a way that you just don't get with synthetically dyed clothing. They just, you know, you could have a, a an avocado skin top with some type of indigo, indigo dyed, you know, blue bottoms. And for whatever reason, those colors wouldn't normally fit together with synthetic clothing, but they work together with natural dyeing. So it's just kind of cool that I think going back to kind of the origin of how did we dye clothes in the beginning can actually lead to a more simpler life when you find that if you have a lot of clothes that are dyed naturally, they'll just strangely all work together well and you can have a smaller wardrobe. So a lot of different benefits. But in short, that's kind of a summary of uh, how um, natural dyeing is in the world today and kind of what I'm looking to do with it with my brand. Wow, that's really cool. That actually... You know, it's funny because when you say it, you think, well, yeah, of course, because like everything that is on the earth and of the earth works mm -hmm. together well, right? When it's right. when it's in in harmony. And um, that's such a cool like finding, I feel like, th that you've had by by working with natural dyes. And um I would imagine it probably also goes to say like they just probably look better as well, just on mm -hmm. as on us as human beings, right? Because we are a part of the earth as well. So that's that's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. How so? Do you add like a vinegar to it, or how do you make a dye solution with the natural elements? Definitely. So this is actually where kind of like the craft comes into play um, because each different natural dyeing element responds with different um, call it additives and there, and mordants. So um, basically there's a few stages and I myself am not an experienced natural dyer. So um, I'm by no means an expert, but um, you do have to, it's like a series of um, boiling, boiling the material that you're going to be dyeing, infusing that with the fabric, but also adding kind of what would be considered a a binding agent. So um, in the natural dyeing world, that's a mordant. And what mordant you use can really, really depends, like I said, on the dyeing material that you choose. There are, you know, more sustainable ways to do that and, and less sustainable ways. I actually am most familiar with the way that I'm trying to not do, which is um, using heavy, heavy metals. So um, that's one thing that I'm trying to be really cognizant of when I'm looking at natural dyeing is that one thing that does adhere natural dyes to fibers is alum. And um, it, when you think about that from, you know, dyeing in your backyard perspective, you don't want that heavy metal to be just going back into the watershed ecosystem. So one actually alternative that I just heard of the other day was soy milk is actually a really good mordant. And so basically what the mordant does is it enables um, the fibers to bind with the natural material so that it sticks and the color has more longevity over time. Um, and so, yeah, in short, it, it really, it's hard to say because it really depends on the fabric that you're dyeing as well. Um, so naturally, um, you know, cotton, hemp, linen, all those different plant fibers bind more easily with um, natural 
materials that the color just stays longer when you do it that way. But it really depends what works best really depends on the material that you choose in conjunction with the natural dyeing material that you choose as well. So yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I really need to like, just be like, somebody hold me accountable. Okay. <laughs> hold me accountable, Lindsay, for actually trying this, you know, give me by the end of the summer, I mean, I actually try to dye my kids clothes. Um, yeah. And my own too, but yeah. So, um, let's, talk just a teensy bit more about the actual clothing line. So you're hoping mm -hmm. for it to come out in a couple of weeks. I love that you are not saying like it's coming out by this specific date because you're letting it come out on, um, I mean, for lack of a better explanation, God's time, you know, or the universe's mm -hmm. time, you're letting it come right. out when it's meant to come out. And I absolutely love that. Um, do you have is there one favorite piece that's near and dear to your heart or is every single piece like near and dear to your heart? Or are you sick of any of them by this point because you've been <laughs> making them for so long, which I completely know from my own experience. By the time something is actually out, I'm so over it. <laughs> no, I totally feel that. That's so funny. I mean, it's, it's hard because I will say there are pieces that, um, so one of the pieces that I'll be including was like, um, a mirror or you know an, an emulation of a piece that I made that was one of my first pieces so it's kind of like my namesake and you know I re remember this to be the piece that you know started it all so I definitely have a piece um it's a skirt that I personally love I still wear the sample that I made back in 2018 to this day um so I think that one's definitely a favorite for me um I think that you know, in terms of new pieces, there is like one top in particular that I'm really keen on. Um, but I think one of the cool things about, you know, being able to make everything by hand is I am going to make every piece unique. So the beading placement that, you know, from the um, beading um, components that I'm getting from Kenya, they're not going to be all in the same places on every single piece. So really every piece is going to be unique. And I'll also be including other really cool elements that are, yeah, it's just going to, every piece is going to be unique. And I think that's one of the coolest things. So, you know, that if you do purchase, like you are not going to be wearing the same shirt as anyone else, they're all going to be different. So I think that's like, for me, the coolest piece is the artistic and the creative component. That is really, really cool. And I think just also, I was thinking, you know, if you purchase a piece, I was just imagining wearing it and you can think all the way back to like, this was dyed by the earth. This mm -hmm. was, you know, grown by the earth. This mm -hmm. was created by people who genuinely loved making it and creating it. And it's got so much love in it all the mm -hmm. way until it ends up on your body. And I just think that that's such a cool, I think sometimes we underestimate the energy that comes in our clothing, you know, mm -hmm. um, or could come in our clothing if it's very consciously produced and worn. Um, so I think that's really, really cool. Um, tell us quickly how to best find you. So if someone wants to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way? And then how can they find Violet Revolt? Yeah, definitely. So if anybody ever wants to reach out, you can just shoot me an email. 
um, at lindsay at violetrevolt.com. That's my personal email. Um, but really, I think I'm most active on Instagram. That's just, I think, um, the best outlet for me. So I'm always on there. You can always shoot me a DM. I think um, one thing that I really try to do is educate as well. So even if you know, you're know you not in the market for purchasing a piece, I try to really make the my Instagram page and, and Facebook page about educating people about what is natural dyeing? What can we use? You know, what are different sustainability components that we can think about? So, um, but yeah, I'm always available for questions or just to chat. I love connecting with people that care about sustainability or fashion or, you know, veganism, all of those different cool topics. Yes, that's awesome. And a reminder, it's at The Violet Revolt on yeah. Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah. And so last question, I love to ask everyone who comes on the show this. <laughs> Um, what is one simple idea that anyone listening could try in their daily life today to make a difference for animals and the environment? Yeah, definitely. So this, um, I think for me has been a challenge too. So I, I will preface with, I used to be a big purchaser of fast, fast fashion back in the day. I loved, you know, having cool new designs and cool new things. Um, but I think what I've realized like over the past few years after looking into this is that it's so much more, um, you know, meaningful to have pieces of clothing that you know where they or originate from and you know who made it and you know, yeah, what kind of energy the clothing that you're wearing, you know, comes from. And so I think the biggest thing for me is that I've really been trying to um, focus on, you know, understanding where I'm putting my dollars, but also, you know, if that means that I need to be saving up to purchase something that I know that I will wear and cherish and, you know, not just donate in a year to me, that's more meaningful than having, you know, 10 new pieces of clothing or, you know, household items or whatever. So in short, I think the biggest thing for me is really focusing on the intent and the quality of what you're buying. And I think that in the long run, you'll find it more rewarding, even though I hate saying that with buying things in general, but you'll find it more rewarding to have things that you, um, you know, worked hard to purchase or that you know kind of where they come from. So I think that's like the biggest thing or the, the main takeaway that I would say. You know, I, I love that idea of saving up for something. And, um, you know, choosing one something and saving up for it because then when you actually get it there is so much more excitement and energy around it it reminds me of mm -hmm. like being you know a young teenager or like my daughter's right. age you know she's starting to save her money to try to buy something and just that idea of really really working towards like this one thing that i'm just really going to love and cherish i think mm -hmm. there's there's a lot that we can't really explain that goes into that energy that we feed into our lives every day right so yeah i love that idea. And 
that's all for today. Wow, wasn't that a cool conversation? Did you know all about this natural dyeing process? I have been saving pins on Pinterest about it, but I, like I said, have not looked into it. And I'm so excited to have learned this stuff from Lindsay and to just think about a more kind of like earth grounded wardrobe. So I'm really excited to try that out. Uh, for today's show notes, again, you can find those at 4 animals earthcom slash podcast slash 46. And if you'd like to join our email list to stay in touch with everything that we have going on, go to 4 animals earthcom slash email list. Okay, I will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.